Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Blue Wire. Who's the who's the grossest player on the team? Like, maybe they just don't shower enough. I can't. They're kill farting, my, burping. I can't kill my guys like that. <laughs> you you see them picking their nose a lot when you know that you have it in there. <laughs> Never mind. We'll talk about yeah. it. We'll talk about it um, when when we're not live. Off the record. Off the record. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with me, Sarah Todd, the jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Big day. It's a big day, Greg. We have a very, very special guest with us in studio today, a man who needs no introduction on this podcast, (laughs) but we're going to give him one anyway. You know him from his days as a College of Charleston Cougar. You know him from his time with the SLC Stars, but most importantly, you know him as Utah Jazz forward, thick-jacked king, one of the players that we stand for on this podcast, Lou Dort Antidote, a member of the cool guy Solstice, the man himself, Jarrell Brantley. Welcome to Unsalvageable, Jarrell. Thank you. That's kind of new. <laughs> I like that one. I should probably give a little bit of background on the whole thick jack thing. You absolutely should. <laughs> so Let's go. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast um, pays attention to Draft Express. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a big thing, a breakdown on Semi Ojale, mm-hmm. a man who was both thick and jacked. Yeah. And in like the, the video breakdown, there was a, a little line that said, thick comma jacked frame mm. powers his way to the rim and then that was adopted <laughs> by celtics twitter mm-hmm. and like there's a whole faction of celtics twitter called weird celtics twitter which gets really into like memes and like all sorts of just like hey, crazy crazy, crazy <laughs> shit. yeah it's, it's really very popular nba twitters <laughs> weird celtics twitter is a very huge yeah. faction <laughs> so that like became a thing and then like I'm friends with a lot of those guys online, so I thought that I would adopt it and kind of expand the thick jacked universe out a little more. And so, yeah. as a man, I got blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blessed. We're gonna have to talk about workout routine bef- uh-huh. between me and you before uh-huh. before this podcast. Ends. <laughs> uh, in the trailer that we did before the podcast like premiered, mm-hmm. uh, you were one of four basketball players names that we used in the trailer Mm -hmm. we said that we'd be discussing the size of your biceps on multiple podcast episodes (laughs) we talked about you being our favorite adopted son that doesn't know about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, you are a pirate you're part of the cool guy solstice which is june 7th because Mm. that is the birthday that is shared with jordan clarkson one of the coolest guys in the universe Prince, one of the coolest guys to ever the have done it. The coolest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Yeah. yeah. When I found no, that out as a young kid, <laughs> game over. Tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm June 8th, so like I'm cool yeah. guy adjacent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're close. Yeah. You make the cut. 
I've made no secret on Twitter about my belief in you yeah, as a basketball thank you. player. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that was a highlight for me at the end of the season. I tweeted out, you know, give me your favorite memories of the season. You quote tweeted it and said, you believing in me. Yeah. I was like, oh, our sweet boy, Jarrell. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I see some of it. I try to stay away from but especially the positive, you know, and you're one of the people that was positive. So I can say my thank yous. The nice. season's over. So, Jarrell, quickly just tell us, what's been happening during the off-season? What have you been up to? So, I probably initially, I took a, I took a trip with my family. Um, just our family, the dog, the baby, Alicia. So, that was fun. After that, I came back, came back here, tried to get a little bit more work in. Because I didn't play this year, I kind of just want to stay healthy and fresh for whenever that time is. Um, I, I feel like there's no time for an off-season while still being smart about what I do. I came back here, worked, and I went back to South Carolina, get some more work, but just to be around family for a little bit. And now I'm here, go back tomorrow, have my camp, and then come back for summer league. So it's fun times. Uh, are you going to be playing in summer league? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be playing for the Jazz? Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Yeah. Nice. nice. Good. I I will see you in Vegas then. Yeah. Are you going to be in Vegas and in Salt Lake City? I, I believe so. Well, then I will see you in both. Yeah. You gotta be excited about that, though, right? Because I mean, there was last nothing season, last season. Yeah. yeah, there was no summer like last yeah. season. So that's anytime be- you get to lace up, man. Anytime you get to step on the court, like it's no better feeling. This is what I do in a lot of ways. So, yeah, with the draft coming up, is there anybody you're looking forward to matching up? Someone coming out of college or anything? You know, overseas? I was just talking to my guys about this. It's weird because like after you get out of college, unless you have like somebody that you know, I've like. I'm not really like I don't ke- I can't keep up like especially like wanting to know like what's going on in the league I want to like I, I try to do a good job of studying different players and keeping mm-hmm. up so it's kind of hard like oh you mean you don't have time in between 72 to 82 games yeah, and practice and off days yeah, exactly <laughs> so like if if it's my guys from back home a few of the guys that I know I'll keep up with them watch games when I can but for the most part like I know there's good guys you know you you see the names that sure the media yeah. presses and push for it. We're just going to get some of the, the tough stuff out of the way really mm-hmm. quick. Coming off your second two-way. Uh-huh. Can't have another. Uh-huh. And Jazz have tough decisions to make. For sure. Heading into free agency, what's that like for you? You know, it's crazy. Um, I'm at peace in a lot of ways. I think I just, like, my faith in God, my faith in my work, and trusting that when the opportunity comes, I, I trust that I'll be fine. Just more so just getting to those moments, um, enjoying it. Like like you just said, it's my second year in the NBA. Like a kid from where I'm from, like I shouldn't be stressing about free agency. Right. Um, just put the work in, and when the time comes, I'm sure I'll fly. Have you had conversations with your agent about what might be coming up, thoughts uh-huh. about like if something doesn't come in, have you thought about overseas mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, like, Anytime you get to lace up, it's special for me. So um, in a lot of ways, I think my opportunity is just being on the court. So I just want to play in a lot of ways. Um, so, And I know that comes. You know, everybody goes through their their growings and, you know, the process. But, yeah, I, I want to play. So I'll play wherever in a lot of ways. Well, I'll advocate for you in any way that I can. If there are NBA executives that are listening yeah. to this Utah Jazz podcast, Drell Brantley is a thick Jack King, <laughs> and he has a low defensive stance that cannot be matched. I'm a big fan of your defense. Your shooting has improved. There, There's so many Thank positives. You. Thank you. A man who will lock you up. 
he will lock with you up. With a smile up. on his face. <laughs> smile. You got to smile. <laughs> yeah. It's the most important thing. Actually, I, uh, I want to jump really quick, now that you said that, to some of your time in Charleston. I was reading something that your former coach, Earl Grant, had said about you. Uh-huh. And he'd said, when you first got to Charleston, that he needed to talk to you about your body language mm-hmm. and controlling your emotions. And mm-hmm. it seemed like that was kind of in a negative way, that he had to be like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that from you. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, there must have been a switch. What were you like maybe when you first got to college? And what was the switch? I, I think if you watch me more, you'll catch it. And it's it's one of those things that it's the good and the bad. I'm I I can I'll be the first to say that I know my weaknesses. I'm not the biggest critic, but yeah, that was one of the things we had to work on. And 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 I think a part of that is where the smile came from, not not showing it so fast. Sometimes I smile out of frustration, <laughs> just to get it out, of, just to Amen. get it off. Um, so yeah, he had to work on work on it. And it was hard, like especially in Charleston. Um, G League was another time I got to work on it. Even here, like. Behind the scenes, like, it's tough days. Like, the days that we don't play in the game, that next day is our game day. So, it's tough in there. So, yeah, I'm I'm still working on it. But I think those things, my passion and those things are, are what makes me in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I might be misquoting it. Maybe we've talked about this on the pod before. But I think it was Mike Malone, maybe when he was coaching in Sacramento, and it was DeMarcus Cousins, who was, mm-hmm. he was constantly getting texts. Everyone mm-hmm. in the league was just, like, dogging him on all, all the time about mm-hmm. how he was, like, a hothead. And Mike Malone was like, you kidding me? Ten times out of ten, I take the guy who you have to calm down or tell him to, like, look at things in a different way. Zero out of ten times do I want the guy that I've got to amp up. Yeah. You yeah. get that same thing with like criticisms of Russell Westbrook too, yeah. yep. and it's like because he's he's a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, yeah. and like yeah, give me a Russell Westbrook or Demarcus Cousins over a guy that like you constantly have to like do the Quinn Snyder yelling wake up, yeah. <laughs> wake up, yeah. That's still the, one of my all time favorite. That's the way I learned how to play the game in a lot of ways. When you can't express yourself off the court, on the court is when you express it, mm-hmm. and so. Draymond, Russ, Demarcus, like you have, and those guys, like a lot of times, I'm sure they deal with it too. Like you have to learn how to hone in and 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 not use it all. But I think it it makes them who they are. So mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of feedback, um, what was the feedback at the end of the season with Quinn in the front office? I mean, you? it was from my side, it was all good. I'm in there constantly working. I think like. My rookie year was special because I got to learn and play in the G League. And then this year was like I got to completely craft. I mean, not playing was was tough, but at the same time, behind the scenes, like I got to get better on so many things. I think them allowing them to see that and see me like in my light behind the scenes. Like I'm sure if you talk to any of those guys, like I'm a lot to deal with at times. In what way? Just I'm I'm just an outgoing person. Like, the personality that you see on the court in those, like, stint minutes, like, he's probably times two off the court. I just like to play. I'm emotional, uh, and I know it. But, yeah, so, like, a lot of that stuff is was good, honestly. I don't think they had anything bad to say. But, like you said, they got they got tough decisions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, year one to year two, I mean, like you said, you didn't get a lot of playing time this season, 28 games in the regular season for the Jazz. Most of that was in garbage time. Uh-huh. 
mop up time. I don't mean to make it sound bad. No, that's it's, what it is. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you had those those two games. I think it was Sacramento and OKC. Yep. Those were those were great days. Yep. Actually, I have your quote here. These moments are amazing. Today was amazing. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but today was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> With the biggest smile I've ever seen. Yeah. And that was after the OKC game when you, uh, Lou Dort scored 18 straight points in the first quarter. You come in, basically take over Mie's minutes, uh-huh. and he scored, uh, I think, 22 points the rest of the game. Yeah. Just amazing performance. It was great. Yeah. Outside of those two games, though, it was tough to get time. Yeah. But despite that, field goal percentage increased over last season from 35.7% to 48.1%. Three-point field goal percentage from 23% to 429 uh-huh. this season. Yeah. It's a big jump. Yeah. Big jump. What's happening when you're not getting playing time? Where does the improvement come from? What are you uh, doing? I put so much time in. I've worked so hard to get here. Um, and this is not me, like, bragging on myself, but it's just like, I, in a lot of ways, I've shocked myself because I've always worked hard. And, it, and getting here from where I'm from, it's, you got to put your time in. But just being able to to use the facility and use everything, like, why not? Like, and you're not playing? Like, maximize it. That's how That was my process. And, and then when the games came, like, late minutes, like, it's hard to be focused with the last two minutes. So my mindset was, like, see if you can see if you can make a highlight tape off the off your one minute two minutes like and that's not like saying go crazy or like do some off the wall stuff but just seeing if you can make a make a read get an assist get a rebound and and when it came to making shots like just trying to be focused using the real life game on on minutes like those are my minutes in the game so this is what i get to use and like coaches preach that to you at a younger age like if you play one minute or 20 go the hardest you can i had to really learn how to do that this year and so it's special that's interesting because me and Greg have talked about specifically with you before that it seems like you're a player who shines a lot better once you get into the rhythm of a mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Do you feel that about yourself? Ah, for sure. Anybody who really like hoops, like you don't just come in the game and try to shoot or you don't just come in the game and try to like you have to feel what the game needs like and and where where do you fit? Like when I play with the – the dudes who play what you said, like the the mop up minutes, like when I play that, like I'm play different when I'm when I'm with Don, Mike, Rudy. Like I have to know where I can be effective. I still think I can be effective, but it's just a different um vibe. And just being able to fill that out with more time and to getting a vibe feel of the game, like it's always that those those days are fun. I mean, it's got to be totally different. Yeah, like if you're playing two minutes at the end of the game with a bunch of guys who are thinking the same thing, yeah. like make the moment yeah. you know instead yeah. of playing a stretched out 15 to 20 minutes throughout the game with guys who know what the moment is yeah but in a weird way like i know there was tough games like when you put the the dudes at the end of the bench and but like in a weird way like every time we went in there it was we we used to sit and talk to each other like yo like make the most of the minutes because like me juan like a few of those guys and trent came from a high level college like mm-hmm. so did so did eli like dope did so like me and Jawan won in the G League. Like we, we, so we're like, okay, if we're the best in the G League, okay, let's play like that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. for Trent and and Juwan, um, Trent and Eli and the rest of those guys, like dope, like they still have something to prove too. So like we wanted to kind of be effective together and not so we wanted to be a unit. And it's hard 
trying to get that feel in two minutes. Two minutes <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, if you can make it your two minutes look good, that's special. It's almost like you got to try to take the excuses away. People know that you know the excuse yeah. that it, we can use, but so that's heavy. I mean, what is that like? I mean, if is that in your mind when you get on the court where you're like, I got two minutes? How do you kind of push that aside where you're like, don't try to do too much. Don't try to be the best guy on the court yeah. right now. Yeah, focus on focus on the things that you can control. Focus on like for us, like one of the main things we do is like run, like get to the corner. So like, all right, run to the corner as fast as you can. Like try to try to be as best you can defensively. Like those type of things. You focusing on the things that you can really control when the possession comes with the ball in your hand, it's natural. Mm-hmm. And and those are things that you got to work on and you got to prepare for them before you even get in. Like I'm, I like do a, I try to do a good job visualizing everything that happens and you can't but like just I go through different scenarios in my head when I'm on the bench like okay if I'm right here what do I do defensively and offensively just to try to like trigger my mind to be prepared for situations not just having a ball in my hand Mm -hmm. you mentioned uh playing with Mike and Rudy and Don Uh like the Utah Jazz as a whole is a team with a lot of veterans yeah um and my question to you is being on a team with a lot of vets who have you gained the most from, and what's kind of one piece of advice you've gotten from a veteran yeah. that really has stuck with you? I like that question so much because if you look at our team and, like, a guy like me who wants to be a sponge, like, I can't, like, I can't say I learned the most from one person. Like, if you go down our roster, like, Mike Conley led the Grizzlies for so long. like 12 being, years. Being around him for so long, like, just every day being a sponge, like, I know I get aggravated. I mean, I'm getting aggravating with them guys because it's just, like, why not? Like, like in a lot of ways, you want to play, but, like, the people that are in front of me, Bojan, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal. You mean George, aggravating because you're asking so many questions? Or just not even aggravating in that sense, but just, like, I know that I could be – I could possibly be a lot in a, on a day-to-day and on top of, like, trying to learn things that may be crazy questions or, re- like, regular questions. I just know that, like, I'm, I'm, I sit around and sponge everything I can. Um, and why not? Like – they did something special this year. So to see it with my own eyes, like my, for my second year in the NBA, like in a lot of ways I think I'm more blessed than being a number one pick because they go and they're on a bad team and you just got to <laughs> figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. I just played on the best regular season team and like what they did, like you went 20 straight games and 20 of those games out of the 25, they won by 20 or more. Like mm-hmm. you don't get to see stuff like that ever. So I seen it like being around Bojan and a lot of those guys like, they were in my situation. They were in my shoes. Royce went overseas. Joe is from overseas. He got cut from the Clippers. Bojan didn't get in the league till he was 26. Um, George is still trying to find his way. Like, it's so many guys. Like, our whole roster I can learn from. So, just being around that, I mean, and that's why I, I think I tweeted that, like, in the middle of the All-Star. Because Don, Mike, and Rudy were All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Like, that is crazy. Like Yeah, that was special. Yeah. Like, and they're all guys that you can be around. Yeah, and Royce, like, I think Royce doesn't get enough credit defensively. So, like, being around that, like, seeing Royce defensively, like. We're big we're big Royce O'Neal fans. Yeah, yeah. we've talked and, about him a lot because uh, a stat that we've mentioned a couple times on the pod, yeah. Royce O'Neal leads the league in minutes played uh, guarding top options on the opposing yeah. team. And credit to George. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, he gets a lot of tough, like, people give him tough criticism, but, like, what he does, like, coming in whenever he's ready and he plays so well, like, he's he's good. Like, and I see what I see how much work George puts in on the back end. So, like, just to see that, like, 
I know it's possible. And I think that's a lot that, like, I think it's easy to be a critic. It's my job, so I don't yeah, care how no. easy, I don't care how easy or hard it is. Yeah, no. but like it's easy to be a critic, and especially when you think about the product that you see on the court without the work mm-hmm. that goes into it. Yeah. And so it's very easy to see a guy like not play well through a stretch of games and be like, yeah. get him off the team. Yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. But like the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes is, is so meaningful. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like that. So I'm trying to think what what is something that somebody gave me. If it's somebody somebody gave me, it's probably like Favel. He's big. Uh, he's like so like just a wise soul. We got a lot of wise souls, but Favel is one of them guys. Like me and him have a lot of common. Everybody leaves the locker room. I'll just sit and see what Favel has. I'm trying to think. I know it's something in there. I'll probably have something from one of those guys by the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you love listening to us here at Unsalvageable, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Here's the deal. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all of the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or Sarah, talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. Again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. Your first game, your first defensive assignment was LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, that's crazy. It yeah, has to be kind blown. of like a, like a holy <laughs> shit moment, <My> right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like when we get in, I'm checking in. I think I told this story before. Like, I'm going to the table. It's like, JB. I'm like, all right, fine. I know I'm going to go to somebody. Like, yeah. He's like, you got LeBron. I look back at him like, what? He's been playing this whole game. Like, I'm Wait, like, which which coach was it? Coach Snyder. It was Quinn. his Quinn. Yeah, he got so it's LeBron. Like, he's like, you got LeBron. And I and I like at the same time, like even though LeBron, it was the end of the game, and LeBron is lathered up. Like that's that means a lot to me at the same time because he could have said go guard whoever. He's like go guard LeBron. Like that's a special moment because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like. That's your coach saying, I believe you can guard LeBron. Like, right. No matter what right. the time is. So, And in the first possession, he goes downhill. But, like, I'm looking at him come at me, and I'm like, this is LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> kind of have that out-of-body experience, but, right? But I really, like, in the game, I didn't know that I was thinking that, if it makes sense. Like, I didn't know. Like, I just, like, I seen when he said LeBron, I'm like, all right, I got LeBron. Let's go do it. But <laughs> when I look back at it, like, when I, as soon as I was walking off the court, I'm like, kind of replaying me sitting in front of him, and I'm like, yo, this is LeBron. Like, <laughs> LeBron James. So yeah. was that kind of your, your welcome to the NBA moment, or was there another one that kind of sticks out to you? See, that's funny, though, because, like, I know that to be LeBron because of all the things he's done, mm-hmm. but, like, for me, Carmelo Anthony's my favorite player. So, yeah. like, my whole rookie year, I would do my on-court workout and just sit on the scores table and watch all the pros and just see how they go through their workouts, whether it's a good workout, whether lazy, chill. I just wanted to know what it was to be an NBA pro. So, like, we played the Trailblazers, and 
I'm literally like staring at Melo. Like <laughs> I know he's looking at every time he turns his head and comes back. Like I'm still there. Like <laughs> and I'm like obsessed. Like and it, it, but it's more so like wow, you really made it here. Like and I'm not even on. The, I don't. I know I'm not playing, but I'm like. It's close enough. Yeah, like, you're I'm here. At the scores your, table. Your like, name's on the back of that jersey, yeah. man. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like those type of moments were like special for me. Like that was probably my welcome to the NBA because it was like this guy probably plays a big role and doesn't even know it that for you getting here. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the critics say about Melo, like even how he bounced back, like they wrote him off and he he played another two years. Like we those, certainly did. <laughs> Those type of things is like shows me as a young guy like they'll write you off, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one of the best. That means to me, he's still like for what he does is like he's I mean, one of the best. I'll I'll tell a story. I'm obviously not an NBA level basketball yeah. player. What? <laughs> <laughs> you've seen my jumper though. I have seen. Hey, you've seen my jumper. I have. <laughs> and it was in the pool, so we can definitely define it as wet. Yeah. Oh what? my goodness. <laughs> but uh, I I remember one of those really like shocking experiences that kind of put me in my place of like oh wait no i'm not yeah. an nba basketball player and i this was back when ray allen was with the the celtics mm-hmm. and i showed up extra extra early in that to that game i was working for a local radio station so mm-hmm. i had some credentials so i could get into the arena because ray allen's warm-up routine apparently was like a thing of of legend you gotta watch it so yeah. i gotta sit there and watch it i remember watching him he would he would catch the ball at the three point line, splash, and then take just one tiny step. I'm talking like maybe six inches. Yeah. And do it again. And I caught or I counted, he hit forty two straight doing that. Yeah. And then he would do that and then he would take one step in and then he would go back and forth again. And like this is I mean, this was three, four hours before the game. Like, and see, that's guy, why that's why I sat out, not to cut you off, but that's why, like, I used to my whole rookie year, I sat out and I just wanted to look at guys because, like, in order to be good, there's an obsession. And, like, mm-hmm. that's an obsession. Yeah. Like, no matter what the level is, like, if I play or I don't, I want to approach it with the obsession of, like, it's only a few. Like, say that same story in a sense. Like, this year, Russ was out there. I'm the first one on our court. Like, mm-hmm. usually, like, every time I'm the first one, I'll come out. 20, 30 minutes before my shooting time just because I want to see if I can get more. And Russ was out there. And so I'm like, oh, the, I see the real ones come out here. He like, yeah, that's the only way. And so that was one of those moments for me, like, like this is – I'm not crazy about it. I'm normal. But it's just the, the – I'm just – I, I want to be with the obsessed group. Yeah, like, you're hungry. Yeah. That, so. That's – I mean, if you want to be a good NBA player, the normal NBA player is obsessed. Yeah, and I feel like you should – in a lot of ways, you should approach life like that. Yeah. So, and that's what like basketball showed me a lot. But those are one of the things. Like it's a it's a it's a select group, and it's only because they choose to be that way. So. Trail Brantley preaching on unsalvageable. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Melo being one of your favorite players. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I know. Uh, I feel like every player, when you ask them this, they're like. I want to be me. I want to be my own player. Uh-huh. Like no one doesn't watch other players. Yeah. Are there players that you look at that are in the league right now and you're like, I can do that. That's yeah, the I, role I can have. I watch so many guys, but it's like, it's almost like. And why is it Marcus Smart and Lou Dort? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but two uh, of my all uh, of my favorite players in the league, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, but and to say Lou Dort, like Lou Dort, kind of had one of those same situations, like. He just he just kept going and now he made it something out of 
nothing in a lot of ways. Like, those guys are, like, I look to and, like, yo, good job. Like, I'm happy for Um But, yeah, I look at so many guys. And not, not in a sense of I want to be like them. It's or what? It's more so like what can I use from them? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I watch Draymond, mm-hmm. um, because we do stuff things dim- different, but we do things similar. Like Draymond, um, I like Marcus Morris a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Morris can can hoop. Yeah. Ask Rudy. It's so many guys <laughs> like Royce. I watch Royce like. Yeah. It's so many guys. Um, I can I could go down the list. Like and even though Melo's my favorite player, in a lot of ways I can't play like Melo in a game. Not right. right now. So like it's just more so like. I learned like, like I used to watch the different things. Like he used to do like three, three. Like I used to just watching his feet work. He used to have like three different ways. He still does like three different ways to do a spin move. Like those type of things that people don't pay attention to, is what like I kind of like. I love to spin. So like it's like okay, how can you use a spin move differently but still be effective? Like, and so I, just, I like I could go down a list of guys, um, just things that I want to still I could steal from. And that, I mean, I think that's true of all players. I had a conversation with J.J. Redick a few years ago, and he he said that he was uh, the pirate shooter of the NBA, is what he called himself, <laughs> um, in the sense of, like, pirating music, I think, because he was like, I steal from Bradley Bill, mm-hmm. I steal from Clay Thompson, I steal from Kyle Korver, and he was like, have to. barely anything is my own. He's yeah. like, but I'll watch a guy and I'll be like, I'm taking that. I can use that. Yeah. You can yeah. see how J.J. Redick uh, patterns ga- his game after Clay the way he comes all around. Comes off the screen. Yeah. That's mm. absolutely – that's straight 100%. up Clay Thompson. That's straight up Steph Curry. Yep. That's part of like that That, that really tight system. curl. Yeah, yeah that tight the curl off system. the high screen. Uh-huh. If you don't take from somebody or if you don't use it, that's that's worse. Like, yeah. You're going to be stuck. I mean, yeah. it's the it's the Picasso quote, great artist steal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have to. Like picking and choosing from guys, you could also be trying to take the job of a teammate. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think about it in a lot of ways. I think my mom raised me in this way too. My mom and dad like, what's for you is gonna be for you. So, I think about it if it's the flip side. Like, when that when that time comes for me and God willing, like I'm one of those vets and they're asking me questions. Like, yeah, I'm gonna help you make your process a little bit easier for your mental because. Your journey's gonna be different from mine. And if you happen to take my job, tough. But at the same time, I know my th- I know my work process. Mm-hmm. I know how I grind. I know like I got trust in like what's got me here, like I said before. So like, yeah. And I mean, I think I think those guys are willing to help. If like especially if they see that you care. Like if it's not a crazy question just for communication or just to talk to you, like I'm sure that like I think for the the guys on that team, like, they're willing to give advice and, you know, speak. Um, everybody's different. Being able to relate to those guys and know who, how to speak to who, like, is important. But, yeah, I'm not really afraid. I, maybe before I was afraid to ask, but now it's like closed mouths don't get fed. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
You still do you still call your mom before every game? Every game, <laughs> she knows it. Uh, our I sweet love, boy Jarrell. <laughs> and, and and like in a lot of ways, this year was like I say, like I'll just keep talking about because this year was like looking back at it was great for me because I had I got the opportunity to continue to do my traditions knowing that I was not gonna play. And so like that's for any of the kids or anybody who wants to inspire to do something with no result, like keep doing it even if you can't see it. And so like I like I wasn't gonna like, oh I'm not playing. I ain't gonna call my mom. No. I got taped every day, like every practice. I mean not practice, every game. Like just I I prepared to play, even though I knew I was not gonna play. But I'd rather be ready than not ready. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. What what are those conversations? What's the pregame mom conversation? Hey mom, how's your day? Like mm-hmm. now, like the trainers, like they're all like getting the, they're all in my phone. <laughs> and they're like, hey mom. Like before I call, they're like, hey mom, how you doing? How was work? Like they're yeah. all saying it before I can even. <laughs> the call. phone's ringing and they're like, hey Drell's mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It became like um, it's like a family affair. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, that how's your day? It's just it, it became one of those things for me just to like forget that I was playing a game and just do something regular and my mom is home you know like that's like that's my piece in a lot of ways so just being able to call her and tap back into the things that really matter is my way of taking anxiety away from what can be so stressful at times and you're you're from South Carolina mm-hmm. Columbia Columbia South Carolina I was born in Charleston where I went to school right mm-hmm. and uh, is your is your family still there? Yeah, I mean, my dad's in Columbia, uh, mom's in Atlanta, and like majority of my family is in Charleston though. So around that area, I'm I'm home. What What did your parents do? What was growing up like? Mom was like a, a nurse, and my dad drove trucks. So hey, mine too. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, it's what I knew. So I don't think anything other than that. Uh, it was cool. Were you like? AAU circuits or were you like playground like street hooping like what was the situation down yeah, there? Yeah I played in rec leagues all the way up until I was probably 11 mm-hmm. um, and then one of my rec league games I played well and AAU coach used to come to the games and he seen me and the, and the dude I was going against and he was like he sat us both down to the side and was like y'all both gonna be on our team. <laughs> and, and like a lot of those it wasn't dudes, a question yeah that's like, the best part of aau though is that you get a hoop with your friends exactly yeah. and a lot of those dudes i can reach out to right now and they'll respond like right away oh, like the, so they're cool. my family so love that yeah yeah you said a kid from where i'm from shouldn't be here yeah why not i mean i think and it's, it's crazy because a lot of players say that and i'm not saying i come from hard times but i think i wasn't on no boards i wasn't on like my name, like if you if you would have said at when I was thirteen years old, thirteen years old, like the state was saying, Oh yeah, he's going to the NBA, I wasn't that kid. I wasn't the prodigy kid. Like this is all like a lot of people believing in me and me continuing continuing to want to prove them right and trusting God. Like it takes a lot to to be here. Mm-hmm. And like even this past year, like I say it often, like I've been here before and that in that in that moment like like just sitting and like this is like the third fourth time over like it's not like this is that wasn't a new process for me of like and I think that's like that'll stunt other players who've just been who've had it their whole life like I'm not gonna say it's the bottom but I've been the last man on the bench before uh, so. I mean I've seen it before with players yeah. I've seen players who have been on the top of the boards mm-hmm. the players who have been given 
they've been told constantly, mm-hmm. you're the one. Mm-hmm. And then there are moments where they fall and they can't handle it. Yeah. And, and, but in like to like, I see other guys who like, who've been at the top and fell or not even fell, but just it, things got tough and they, they showed that they were battle tested. So like, I just think like, it just has to be in you. Yeah. Yeah. And this, who's to say, I don't know what the future holds, but at the same time, I just kind of want to take that same approach. Like, it's not, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, talking about the last year, I mean, we've all been through it, the co- the COVID year, uh-huh. the COVID season. Also, I will say, today is really special for me because as an NBA reporter, I thrive and feed off of the interpersonal connection that uh-huh. I get and the closeness that I have to the game. And that's not just the product itself on the court. I mean, I'm a hoops junkie. So, yeah. like, I mean, I could talk about, like, a flare screen with you for, like, an hour and be yeah. totally happy. <laughs> but... That's the thing. I want to talk to you and being able to talk to players, talk to coaches, executives, staff members, like that closeness. And you're the first in-person interview that I've had since March 11th in OKC. Ah, special me. (laughs) So today is like uh, a breath of fresh air. Like we can, I'm getting there. It's almost back to normal. And so on that, speaking about the last year, you had quite a wild year yourself, Uh not just in the sense that like, you went to the bubble. You were part of all that stuff in OKC. Historic, right? Yeah. I mean, historic stuff. I mean, we could run down the gamut of everything. Being in that building in OKC, I was there. I got tested in that locker room. That was... And I actually wasn't even oh, there. Oh, yeah, you weren't there. I was in Phoenix, and yeah. they, like, ran us off the court. Like, it was yeah. me and Mia because we were just there three three days before. So, yeah, like, the game was in tip-off, and, like, we were standing out there, like, I on the court. I remember that. It was like, y'all got to go to the back. <laughs> yeah. An hour later... It all came out. Oh, and then man. we're all here. We're in quarantine. No one knows what's going to happen. The whole sports world comes to a halt. You guys get down to the bubble. And then with all of the protests and everything, like that was a, I mean, that's a historic moment that'll like mm-hmm. be in history books about what happened in the NBA bubble after the Jacob Blake shooting. Mm-hmm. Those are huge moments. All of that to say your wedding was postponed. Yeah. Because you were supposed to be married, if I'm correct in this, July of 2020. Yeah. And then you had your first baby, Uh your daughter, Gabriella. Yeah. In January. Yeah. What has life been like? (laughs) It's been amazing. Honestly, uh, the wedding postponed was like weird, but it's fine. We'll make it work. And then the baby, like. She's amazing. <laughs> she smiles like me. I don't if I could have gave her anything <laughs> else, like when she smiles, it's like, oh, I'm looking at myself. Like it's so amazing. Like even at her age, like I just hope that she takes that for the rest of her life. Like I think the smite the smile can take you anywhere in a lot of ways. So um yeah, she's amazing. The family's amazing. I think that like I love family, but like after my like after being in the league Going home was the best part of my days in a lot of ways because it's like, okay, this is like the same as calling my mom. Like those are like the things that are consistent. Yeah, and especially when they're when they're young. Yeah. When you walk in, they're yeah. always happy to see you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, so that's the best part, man. Yeah. Shout Greg to, has a kid. Shout so. out to the dad gang. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm telling you. She's talking yet at all? Nah, she wants to. <laughs> She's making a lot of noise. Yeah, she wants to. I mean, I will say, if anybody wants to see the life and times of Jarrell and Alicia, 
they are great on Instagram. <laughs> They're so adorable. It's just, it's disgusting how adorable they are. <laughs> Go follow them. During quarantine, you guys you guys put on TikTok videos where you were lip syncing uh, to yeah, Martin, Martin and Gina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my like. That was like growing up. That was my favorite show. Yeah. Now I'm kind of more of a. I love The Office. Like the last two years got me through The Office. It's, it's not on Netflix no more. So it what? Hurt me. <sighs> we should all boycott Netflix. I don't we're taking that away it. from us. I don't understand. Nobody why they wants. Would do that. Nobody wants Peacock. Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. We, exactly. We're, we're learning that right now. Watching the Olympics. Yeah. <sighs> Hot. Hot trash. Yes. I have, I've got a lot of. We got thoughts. I'm getting sweaty because I am mad at Peacock right now. Poor, poor Peacock. <laughs> you guys should all follow Alicia. She's, she's great. She's you guys are great. Yeah. She's the greatest. You, I mean, am I wrong? You guys are high school sweethearts? Yeah. Oh, oh my man. God. Disgusting. Yeah. This is storybook stuff here. Let's throw up. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Talk to me about kind of what was the the thinking behind postponing the wedding i mean even just outside of covid yeah um i think it it started to become a lot in a lot of ways i think we could have got it done looking back at it we could have got it done because now we're trying to figure it all out Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah i think at the time it felt like the easiest thing just to take something else off our plate it felt like a lot of things family couldn't be around Mm -hmm. um just a lot of things you felt like especially like with the league and every how it was going you just didn't know what was certain so yeah, it was just it felt like a lot going on, but we probably could have got it done. Yeah, and then you know, speaking and not having family around. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, what was that like in the hospital with you, the the birth of your daughter? Ah yeah, see, um, I mean for us, like we didn't know any. I don't for me, I don't know anything different. So it was normal. Right. It was great. I got to be there. I thought I was gonna be weirded out. It was one of the most amazing experiences just to just to be somewhat of a help and be throughout that process. So. Shout outs to Alicia. Yeah, she's amazing. Your daughter a good sleeper? She's great. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> seven to seven. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, yeah you talked about uh, going to the bubble. Did you enjoy it there? <sighs> yeah. Uh, It was amazing, but it was tough. Like, just being honest, like. First three weeks were like, oh, this is dope. You get to walk down the hall and you see Giannis. Like, you know, like those type of things are like, or like for me, I used to go to the gym. Me and Nigel used to go to the gym at 10 at night because that was our time slot. But when you go down there, when you go there, like on the other end, it's the Lakers working out. On the court over, it's the it's the Heat working out and then the Pacers. So like to see like other pros working out in the league, like those are things that like you won't get to see on a regular season in the NBA. Mm-mm. But after a while, you just not being away from family, you know, like those type of things. Like, it, it, honestly, it felt like one big day, in my opinion. Like, I did the same thing every single day. Like, I do the same thing here, but, like, I might get a chance to do something different. Like, I know I'm going to the same breakfast spot, and then I'm going back to my room. I'm like, I like I still see the, the wallpaper on my walls, <laughs> like, in that. Like, I can visualize that. So, like, it was great. But then it was tough. Yeah. Starts looking like the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But I got to bond with dudes I would have never got an opportunity to bond with. Like, so it's like for me and to be a part of something historic like that, like that, like, I don't know if they'll ever have a bubble again. But if they do, they'll be able to look back at our bubble to give them the blueprint on how to get it done. So, mm-hmm. like, I know I'm a part of that. I know. I I think about that sometimes for as skeptical as everyone was, and I'll be the first to admit that I was like, this is going to blow up. Yeah. This isn't going to work. I did good. We did good. Zero positive tests. 
throughout the bubble. Just unbelievable. Come on. I mean, like, mm-hmm. they they did it the right way. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, to just to see how it happened. And we were on top of it, though. Had to test every day, like, like clockwork. Like, it was great. I want to talk a little bit about Charleston. Mm-hmm. First, because I've got a couple of heavy questions, but I do want to ask you about hoop ship. Uh huh. So tell the listeners what that is. Yeah, hoop ship is just a uh, a, a camp that I kind of just was inspired to start. So it's basically the top players in our state, high school and college, with pros coming back to just pour into those guys. Um, my goal is really just to help dudes, help dudes in my state visualize what it is to be a pro. I think a lot of guys, and this is everywhere, but like I think a lot of players like think that you have to score to be to be a pro, or you have to do something to do. Be, like when it comes on the court to be a pro, is so many more things that are that matter. Whether it's keeping your emotions in check, um, it's a real business. Like as soon as you cross over to that threshold of being a, a pro and being professional, like it's so many more things that play a role. Um, and understanding that, even my second year in, is like, I got to show it to the guys. Like, I want them to start visualizing now, like, okay, I'm not a pro. Like, I don't, I want them to start walking in high school like I'm a pro. Treat your treat your social media like you're a pro, you know? Like, treat everything you do, whether you, the way you talk to your, your classmates or your teachers, like, you got to be a pro because the league is coming back and they're going to ask about it. Mm-hmm. And I want, like, I want, and on the court, like, I want those dudes to be able to visualize, not just watch the game as a fan. Watch it as that's me. I'm doing what PJ Tucker's doing. I see like all the simple flare screens. Like visualize yourself coming off the flare screens, like you talked about earlier. Like those things are important to me. So me being blessed, you know, to to put that vision into place and be able to do it, like grace of God. It's it's a really cool thing that you're doing. It's great for South Carolina to have something like that because, yeah. you know, you've got all these big invite camps like Nike, McDonald's, stuff like that. But to have something more localized and to be able to have pros come back and do that for mm-hmm. high schoolers and college athletes that are in that area, it's really cool. If you guys want to check it out, if you want to know more, uh, donate to the cause, hoopship.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, we, we're very good at plugging here on the podcast. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> A little bit more about Charleston. Last year, uh, you tweeted out, I mean, last year during all of the protests uh-huh. uh, about systemic injustice, you tweeted, Charleston, South Carolina, where I was born as well as where I played my heart out for four years, an amazingly beautiful place. I'm not ashamed to call home. However, I won't continue to ignore its racism. Charleston hides the, hide, hides the racial hatred and inequalities we fight today. We see you. And... I know that you and Alicia had been out to some of the Black Lives Matter protests uh-huh. here in Salt Lake City. And I guess this is probably a very multi-part question. Uh-huh. Number one, it's probably a lot different coming from South Carolina to Utah. Yep. I don't think that's a secret for anyone. Uh-huh. And what was that like for you? And then when all of that was happening, not that it wasn't happening before, but mm-hmm. when it kind of came to the forefront last year, where did you see your role in that? Yeah, um, honestly, like, that tweet is, like, weird for, for me, not because I'm afraid to speak on it, because sometimes I feel like I'm not, I don't, you like, if you don't do enough to help a cause, then you don't get to speak on it. Yeah. And I feel like that. Yeah. So, like, 
So for me, it was one of those things where like, number one, I'm not going to speak about it. If the nation, if I, if I know my backyard is not like, and I know a lot of like, I know a lot, I, I know a lot of people watch my tweets. So it's important. So things that I would have been afraid to say before, now it's like, I want to reach out to the person that I'm afraid to talk to. Mm. And so it's one of those things, like, I mean, and it's still like, you can always do more. I think I like, to be honest, to hold myself accountable, I probably have not done done enough. And that's why like tweeting those things, is like, don't speak on it if you can't like make change. But I think change is now for me is just in the way you walk about it. Just being able to like smile to everybody, knowing that they might not look at you the same. Just to show him, like, oh, yeah, he's not that. He might not be what I thought he was. Just off a simple smile, just mm-hmm. like a hey, hold the door for somebody. I think it's the simple gestures in a lot of in a lot of ways. I know that a lot of this stuff, when it comes to racism, and racism isn't the only thing that we struggle with in the world. Um, but I know a lot of that stuff is is taught. But at the same time, you might be able to change somebody's thought process for a day. So, I mean. It's it's those are one of the moments and I felt like I had to speak on, um, and it was heavy. It was a lot going on in the world at the time, and so just just continuing to see the same stuff and now like growing up and understanding that I could be in that role, it's it's scary. So like that's why I kind of use it as my city, my Charleston, because I know if anybody has it, Charleston does, and that doesn't mean that there's not amazing people in Charleston, but I think the same could be said. For anywhere. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, it's everywhere. There's plenty of it. Yeah. Plenty of it here. I, I host another podcast and we uh that's a, a big topic com- of conversation is yeah. is local racism. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pretty ubiquitous, pervasive thing. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about it we've talked about it quite a few th- times on this yeah. podcast. And I think the point that you made, Jarrell, is is so well taken that don't speak up if you're not willing to yeah. do the work. Yeah. And we try to say that on this pod, like do better, yeah. be better. Because if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to do better and be better, then like nothing's going to change. Yeah. And so like we want everyone to do better uh, and be better. For sure. Now that we've gotten away from <laughs> mm-hmm. the heaviest talk- topic of the day, lightning rounds. Lightning rounds. <sighs> All right, so we hear a lot about how Joe Ingles and 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 George Niang are, the, are kind of the uh, the jokers of the team. Who's the funniest guy on the team? Nobody knows about. I'm gonna say me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Our comedic king, Jarrell Brantley. <laughs> yeah, but everybody doesn't like my humor. I don't know. We got a group of guys. We got a good group of guys though. Me we got too. a good group of guys though. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, are those the ones? Like, if we were to be like, who's the funniest on the team? Do you would you say like Joe or George? It's probably you. I wouldn't say those guys. No. Nah, <laughs> but George is funny. Like, I. But I'll say this though. I guess those are the two guys that I try to clown with the most. So yes, I guess they are. Cause like those yeah. are the two guys. All three of us kind of like throw a lot of punches at each other. Like, and that's the thing is I think lightning round. Let's take an hour on this one question. <laughs> yeah. uh, the thing that. People, people will be like, "Oh, George and Joe are the funniest," but I think that actually is that like George and Joe will like rag on people the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, that's still my favorite thing. The Joe Ingles <laughs> looks like like a a an accountant PE yeah. teacher, 
and will oh. go out there and just torch people yeah. Joe is and will let everybody know as he does does it my still my favorite thing is when he he did that crossover on Paul George in the playoffs yeah. hits the 3 and then right then and there let him know about it yeah, Paul George wasn't happy about that at all yeah, yeah. Joe, ta- moment. Joe talks a lot of shit he talks shit to the media too yeah, <laughs> so yeah. he talks I mean, you deserve it though he's a great guy though <laughs> yeah like. i constantly deserve it that's yeah. true yeah. <laughs> who on the team's never beating you one on one Trent Forrest, I'll never let you. Hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but nah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I say Trent because me and Trent battle. I know it's supposed to be rapid fire questions, but. No, it's good. <laughs> Trent is like me and Trent battle. And like, those are one of, that's one of the guys. Like, I mean, I get to see, play with him so much because we don't play. So the next day we get to go at it. And like, Trent's one of the guys I like being on the court with for sure. Yeah. Now, every Hooper gets his and every Hooper gets got. Yeah. It's kind of just the, the circle of life. Who's who's dunked on you the hardest in practice? Doak. Doak dunks on me every time he plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair though. Doak's yeah. like seven two and like bro, three like, He's so athletic, like yeah. strong, like Doak's special, like and I mean, yeah, Doak. Who have sure. you dunked on that you want to call out? You gave it to him good. <sighs> Who have I dunked on? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember my downfalls. I can't remember my other <laughs> yeah. Every one of Doug's dunks yeah. you can remember. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to my little brother right now. I love, remember on the pod when you were like, oh, back when I could dunk better. And I was like, ugh, that's the most humble brag thing I've ever heard from a non-basketball player is like, oh, I, when I used to be able to dunk better. I am 36. I, he's, like, you're I'm 36. Old. I'm old. <laughs> In basketball terms, like I'm in a walker. Yeah. Chris Paul doing it though. LeBron yeah. doing it though. Vince Carter Listen, played till he was what, 42? I mean, Get if out. you count takeout, I too spend a million dollars a year on my body. <laughs> That's a good way to think. <laughs> oh. Speaking of of takeout, what's your uh, what's your pregame meal? For a long time, Alicia used to make the best. Like she like every game, like a salmon and uh salmon and broccoli with like uh like rice. It was great. I'm trying to think now. It's different now. It's and then, and then she had the baby. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, no, no. Yeah, but I think salmon. I like salmon. Probably it's just the most simple. All right, you're walking into the arena, uh-huh. headphones on. Uh-huh. Who's on your game day playlist? Meek Mill, J. Cole. Cole World. Cole World, man. I mean, uh-huh. we're, we're pro Philly people. So. Yeah, we are pro Philly people, yeah. so Meek also. Yeah. Big Meek fans here. <laughs> yeah. I play 1942 for like, especially until probably like the middle of the season, for like the last three years, last two years, or since that song dropped, like I played it every game, ritual, just like. I was listening to that this morning. Nineteen, I like I word for word like sipping nineteen forty two. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Every game, like, but now I kind of like just try to go with the flow. Whatever I'm feeling that day, I'll just listen to. But for sure, Meek Mill and J Cole are in the playlist. J Cole would be on my pregame list. He's special. He is special. That uh, I like you, yeah. Tobias Harris. Yeah. Never been in the same room at the same time. Yeah. No. yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, look at J. Cole. <laughs> when I, I covered the Sixers, I was there when Tobias got traded to the Sixers. And I was like, finally, I get to cover J. Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tobias, I mean, he, he's got to start on those dreads now. Yeah, he's got to yeah. grow his hair out if he wants to keep this going. Yeah. 
Jarrell, it has been an absolute pleasure to have yeah, you on thank the podcast. You all so much. We this was great. like I said, we love you on the pod. We don't stand for a lot of people, but we stand for you. And we'll see you at the Jazz Summer League. I will see you in Vegas and we absolutely wish yeah. you the best. Thank and we hope Alicia loves you too. Oh, she's oh. like, Yeah, yes! Sarah, like Sarah always talks about you. Oh my like, yeah. Oh my She's god. Great. Tell Alicia yeah. that She's I love listen. her so much. She did this like book exchange thing on Instagram oh. and I fell through and I didn't take part in it and it's one of my biggest life regrets. <laughs> so She might start it again. Watch, oh, please you. tell her to do that. Yeah, she's gonna we'll listen. get some pod people to get into it too. Yeah. There will be books sent everywhere. Wow. Yeah. So, we love you guys. Your baby's beautiful. Your dog is beautiful. Everybody <laughs> follow them on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow them everywhere. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. This was fun. Good. This was great, man. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. I hope that everybody enjoyed listening to our conversation with Jarrell. We're so excited for what's going to be coming this summer. Clearly, we're getting a little bit back to normal. Uh, I can't believe we had a special guest on that wasn't Victor. I hope everybody <laughs> enjoyed that. You guys know what to do. Help us out. Do all the things. Rate, review, follow, subscribe. Send us your questions at unsalvageablepod at gmail.com. Follow myself at NBA Sarah. Follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. Here we are. Follow Jarrell at J Stunt Brantley. A huge and special shout out to Amy Donaldson from KSL Podcast for all of her work and help on this episode. Uh, you should follow her at Adon Sports on Twitter and listen to her podcast, Voices of Reason. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Adios. You good? That was great.